Blog Talk Radio. All right, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Pastor Omar Zachary, and you, we are here at our Tuesday night Bible study here at Praise Tabernacle Church. We thank God for this opportunity to come before you here on Chaos Blog Talk Radio. We also want to thank God for Elder Oliver allowing us this platform uh, in this digital and social age that we're in. We still be all over the place and yet come together um, for Bible study. So we thank God for that. Thank God for the panel, uh, those that are already on, those that are going to be coming on. Uh, got a special treat for you tonight. Uh, one of our uh, newer members, uh, the newer uh, persons on our ministerial staff, on our leadership team, a uh, young lady, uh, heard her husband came to us uh, a few months or so ago. I don't think it's been a year yet. may be close to it. I don't think it's been a year yet. Um, but Deacon-elect Bugs and Sister Talia Bugs, they came in, church, young family, young couple, and they came in and going straight to work. So we thank God for her and thank God for him. Uh, tonight, Sister Bugs, this will be her first time doing Bible study on the radio, uh, leading our uh, teaching on tonight. She's done such an excellent job doing our regular services, uh, teaching and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we've got an opportunity, got an open door for her um, to now start doing Bible study. So we thank God for the opportunity. I asked her about it last week, and she was excited and wanted to know when, when do she start. And I told her, I said, well, next Tuesday, you'll be on, you'll be on deck. Amen. So we thank God for her. And we're going to say a word of prayer. We want y'all to keep her in prayer. As she, this is her first time, but she's well qualified. And uh, we also have those on the panel that's going to be assisting. So we just thank God for tonight. We pray that everyone is having a great week so far. So let's say a word of prayer, and then we will turn the service over to Sister Talia Bugs. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. We appreciate you tonight. Thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. As we enter into this Bible study, we pray that you would touch uh, the messenger and the message. Uh, the leader on tonight, we pray that you would crown her head with wisdom and knowledge and give her what is fit and what's needed for these, your people, on tonight. And we glorify you and we give your name, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Sister Bugs, the service is into your hands. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Omar. Good evening, everyone. I am so glad to be at this point of the day when we are able to come together and look at God's word together. And I am just so glad that we can dig deeper and hold each other accountable and build each other up in faith. Um, thank you, Pastor Omar, for that prayer because I did need it. Um, and I just want to say a quick short prayer myself 
Um, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Help us to remember that you are good, mighty, holy, and worthy of all praise. Uh, just pray and ask that your spirit increase, Lord God, that you use me as a mouthpiece, Lord God, to say to your people what it is that you need to say. As long as you keep cussing and we pray, amen. Um, I am coming from Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 to 15 on tonight. And we are going to dive right into it. And the title of tonight's teaching is Every Good Deed. And if you're taking notes, then I really want you to highlight, underline, and bold the word every, because we're looking at tonight what it means when in Second Corinthians 9, 8 to 15, Paul is writing to us church and careers about every single good deed that they are called to do, how the Lord will show himself um, and help them to do what it is that he's called for and to complete his promises. And so if you've been listening to uh, Pastor Omar's series, like I said, neighbors have been at church watching online, and we know that we've been challenged to expand our thinking on who is our neighbor what are we willing to give up to help our neighbor, and at what cost? Um, he ended Sunday with saying, the thief says, what's yours is mine, and the priest says, what's mine, I'll keep it, and the Samaritan says, what's mine, we can share it. And I really, really, really was struck by that. Um, just to hear it being put that way, And as I was thinking about what I could possibly say and do for my first Bible study, you know, I started thinking about all the things that I've personally been studying. Um, I must say that this scripture about being a good Samaritan, helping those in need, and being a cheerful giver, giver is something that the Lord has been trying to teach me this year. And when I say this year, I mean this calendar year um, because I wrote this message exactly 49 weeks ago today. Um, And when I wrote it, um, this was back at the beginning of the year in January, and at some point the Lord sat me down and told me, you know, you're praying for all of these things and you don't understand why I've given you what I've given you and you are making excuses and being stingy and greedy in the way in which you're giving and it's not cheerful and you're not happy when I call on you to give. And I just had to sit down with God in this word, in the scripture, and I just said, Lord, help me. Show me how to be a cheerful giver. And when I wrote this, he told me this is for Praise Tabernacle. And Pastor Omar, you said that we haven't even been in the church for a year. So this means that God knew exactly 49 weeks ago that this message was for tonight. Um, And that's just amazing to me. It blows my mind when I stop and think about it. The fact that God gave me this message exactly 49 weeks ago, almost a year ago, before we remember this curse, the Lord told me you are going to talk about what it means to be a cheerful giver. So to see all of this playing out, it's like, okay, God, I see you have... You have a bigger plan, bigger than me, and, and a sense of humor. So I am really excited 
to share with you what he said to me and just to share with you my own personal journey and walk through being a cheerful giver and hope that you be encouraged in being more cheerful with what the Lord has given us to help bless somebody else. Um, and so let's get started in this. Let's look at Second Corinthians 9, verse 8. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times may abound in every good work. And we have to ask ourselves, why does God love a cheerful giver anyway? And what does that have to do with us and our neighbors? Um, This work tonight is a challenge for us who have not always been cheerful givers or really feel that we don't have enough to give, that we're barely making it ourselves. And now, God, you're asking me to share what I barely have with somebody else and if I really do the math and you're asking me to have less of what I already don't have, and hopefully tonight you just see how the Lord will supply everything it is that you do. And so when we're talking about giving tonight, it's not just money. It could be our time, our talent, or what we have financially. And at the time of reading this scripture, I was in a very selfish state of mind. I was praying for increase in financial prosperity so that way we could be comfortable and not have to worry about this bill or that bill. And what I was looking for was a comfortable and easy life that did not leave any room for the upbuilding of God's kingdom. And I wanted to be able to take vacations instead of going on mission trips. And I wanted to be able to buy stuff without a problem instead of thinking about how we can increase our tithing. And so my mindset was very selfish on what I needed and what I could do, and I was asking God to give me more so that I can use it for me. And so in this text, we see that in rewarding our giving, God does it all with grace. Our giving is rewarded in many different ways, materially and spiritually. Materially, God may bless our giving by promotions with better pay, unexpected gifts of money, or by making things last so we don't have to suffer the cost of the them. Spiritually, God may bless our giving by freeing our hearts from the tyranny of greed and materialism by giving us a sense of blessing and happiness, or by storing up rich reward in heaven. There is no end to the ways we can be blessed by God who is able to make all grace abound toward us. When I hear this, you know, it's easy for me to focus on the blessing right now. But if I just stop and think about do I want to experience the blessing right now or do I want it to grow and mature in heaven and receive it when Jesus comes back for me? And that's a real good question. Um, if you have been working for a while, then you probably have a retirement account, and you know that the government will penalize you for drawing out of your account too early. And in this text here, it says that we get maybe a double disbursement. So we'll get something here on the earthly side, but we'll also get something on the heavenly side. 
And when we don't see the earthly blessings come back to us, then we just have to know and remember that what is in heaven is going to be much greater. And the devil will try to use the things that we give as an example of why we shouldn't give because we don't see the return right here, right now. And because I gave her $50 last time and she didn't even pay me back, I'm never going to get to her again. When she come around and ask me for money, I'm going to tell her I'm sorry, I don't have it. And what we don't know is that no matter how many times we're asked to give, if we don't see it on this side, there's still something greater on the other side. And I really want to go back to how God can free us up and free us up in our hearts from materialism. See, we have to have more and better it's the culture that we're in. And when is the last time that us as a people we look at our stuff and say, Lord, you know what? I have, you know, I need another thing else. I don't need an upgrade, a new release. What I have is exactly enough. And we don't live in an age where enough is enough. There's always something that's newer, better, or shinier that's out there. And in this text, it's talking about having all sufficiency in all things, meaning we'll have everything that we could ever need. And not only having it, but being content with it. And the definition of contentment or being content is being satisfied. And the Lord blesses us to be satisfied with what we have, and that stops us from chasing. And when we stop moving long enough, our eyes begin to open up, and what we thought we needed to replace actually becomes something that can be used to bless. And we begin to see, once we stop focusing on our needs and our lack, and we start to see, Lord, you've actually provided enough, and it's here, and I have it right now, we start to see that there's a whole lot of people around us that need help. And what I have can be something that can help my neighbor. Um, so I'm just going to take a second and pause for the panel. If any of you want to weigh in, share any experiences that you may have. Yeah, Sister Bugs, you you're doing for your first time. You're, you're doing a great job. Um, I don't know whose phone. I, I want us. I want everyone to check their phone. We're hearing a lot of um, feedback, so everyone else, make sure uh, your phone is on is on mute, so that we can um, hear with clarity uh, with what Sister Bugs is teaching. Um, I had a. At my job today, we had a we had a Christmas, I guess a Christmas party, if you want to call it. Um, and my supervisor asked me if I would pray over. Uh, you know, we had we had lunch and everything, had it catered, and I uh, I said, of course I would. You know, because I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Um, and if I, you know, any time I pray, if you don't want me to pray in Jesus' name, then you, you might not, you don't want me to pray. But I took the liberty just as we had a quick meeting, and in the meeting part, there was so much, you know, complaining, just, you know, my supervisor, she could barely even get through. It was supposed to have been just a little quick meeting, you know, and then we move on to the festivities, the gifts exchanges, and the the food and all that, but it was so much planning and so much 
you know, kind of throwing back at, at our supervisor that when I began to pray, uh, one of the things that I, I asked God and I, you know, put out there before the people was before we, you know, want to throw off on everyone else, let us consider ourselves. And then I mentioned the reason for the season. You know, we, we get caught up in in all this, and something that you just said is what I said during my prayer is so often we get caught up on our issues and we we miss the opportunity to see that there's someone else worse off than we are. And compared to them, we're, we are doing excellent. I mean, they would probably switch places with us in a heartbeat. So, you know, uh, there was an old song that says, before you start to complain, count your blessings. You'll be amazed. You know, so it, it definitely in this season, we want to remember that Jesus is the reason. And uh, biblically, especially New Testament, we, we are commanded to give cheerfully. And that was one of the, the reasons I believe God laid uh, the subject like a good neighbor in Luke 10, you know, on my heart to just, you know, uh, hopefully prick all of our hearts to say, you know, in the eyes of Jesus, this is the way we should be. And, and not, and your neighbor is not necessarily that one that's right next to you. It could be a person that you never met, but God has strategically put you and that person in each other's path for you to show the love of Christ, okay? And we saw, as Sister Bug said, we saw in that series where the man spent time, he spent effort, he spent his money, uh, you know, in order to assist someone that was uh, worse off than he was. And a lot of times, you know, we, we may not have money. Sometimes we do. But in some cases, we may not have money, but we got the time. And sometimes a person just, just may need to talk. They just may need, you know, your time. So, you know, let, let us be, you know, more conscious of that. Sister Bugs, you're doing a, a fantastic job. I'm, I'm so excited, excited about uh, what God is doing with you. So I appreciate you and thank you for this opportunity. Anyone else? Okay, well let's let's keep talking about that contentment um, and being satisfied. Um, here it says it's easy for many Christians to say that they have this contentment that they're satisfied, but whether they have it or not is often more truthfully known by their spending and shopping habits. And how much of a place does shopping and buying have in your life? How does material loss affect your happiness? How happy do you get from having some material thing? And when we live and act without contentment, we are just trying to fill needs and voids in our life. And it might be the need to be somebody, the need to feel secure or cared for, the need to have excitement and newness in our lives. Most people try to fulfill these needs with material things, but they can only really be met by a spiritual relationship with the God who made us. Um, 
And with this contentment, we can be the richest people in the world. And a man might have the wealth of the richest things in this world and yet yet lack being satisfied, yet lack having enough. And it doesn't mean anything if we have all this wealth, if we are looking at our neighbors and saying, oh, man, if I can only have that, if I can only have this, it means absolutely nothing if we can't be satisfied, if we can't think, man, Lord, you have just blessed me with everything that I need to do, everything that I need to do. And if we're not at that point, then there's something wrong. Um, There's something wrong if, we're after some material thing because then I'll be happy or then I'll be successful or then I'll be living my best life. And the answer to happiness and success and the best life is God. No material thing will fill that void inside of us. And when God becomes the focus of our joy and the focus of our satisfaction, giving away the material things doesn't hurt us or cause turmoil inside of us because he frees us from that control of having and needing and wanting. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, he doesn't mind putting the wounded man on his animal because he knows that that, that's what that animal is meant for. It's meant to carry people. And he doesn't mind using his own money because he knows that's what the money is for, is to take care of people. When we are given gifts and when we're given talents and we're given time and we're given money, when we don't think of it selfishly as it's mine and I have to do this and I have to have this, but we think of it as vehicles of pursuing God's purpose and vision, and all of a sudden our mindset shifts and it's not me, my, 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 Lord, this is how you intended it to be and this is what you purposed it for. There's a cheerfulness in it because a cheerful giver understands that they have enough and that they can bless anyone else or anything without holding back. They don't have to fear if there's enough or not, and they understand that God can supply any need, and that's what it's saying here in Second Corinthians 9 is that it's every need and any need, he can supply that for us. It's the same as the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness when they were complaining about not having enough to eat. And the Lord said, man, and he was very clear in his instructions. He said, don't take more than what you need. Take what you just need for the day and don't try to store it up. And they were told to leave enough for everyone else. And God provided enough food for each person in the wilderness, and he knew what they needed. And those that took more than what they were supposed to that were punished because they didn't trust God to provide again. Or maybe they wanted more just to have it because it tasted good. And I have to ask this question because when the Lord asked me, you know, kind of beat me up a little, how many of us have overindulged? How many of us have ate too much, spent too long, sat too long? And God has to remind us of our portion control. What are we taking in? What have you given to us that's just enough for us and what's left over is for somebody else? We live in a society that encourages overindulging. You watch any ad um, and pay attention to the language that they use, any commercial, the language that they use and the imagery. Um, they use words like need, more, bigger, better. That's a lie. The only thing that we need is God. More than our daily bread, the food that we put in our body, more than our very breath, we need God. We need him more. We need him to be bigger and occupy bigger spaces 
of our heart and our lives. And we need him to make our giving bitter, bigger and better. And God conforms us to his image because his weight is better. We have, as a society, as a people, as an individual, myself, I have a real need for God. And we need more of God as a body of believers. And we need him to become bigger and for us to become smaller, and we need him to make life better. And then, you know, I think about the commercial, um, the iPhone 15 commercial, where Common is sitting in the chair, and he was looking at it, and he was like, yeah, I need that. Once I have that, then I'll have all of these great things in life. And it's just I see that commercial, and I hear it, and it kind of makes me angry because it's just like, you don't need that phone. Uh, you know, you're living a good life. You have everything that you need, but this commercial here is telling you that because you don't have that phone, your life is not as good as it can be. And you, as a as a body, as believers, we have to be discerning in what we're allowing to penetrate our thoughts and not get caught up in thinking that what we need is the material things to be better. What we really need is our relationship with God to be better and our need for him to grow more and more each day. I'm going to pause for the panel again. If you'd like to share. I'm good, my sister. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Bishop, Bishop I'm, going to, I'm going to turn it over to you for, for Bible study because I don't want to get too far ahead for myself. Or for the okay, 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 no problem. All right, all right. God bless. God bless. Uh, on tonight, we thank God for where we are um, in this study about contentment and about us uh, giving, uh, being cheerful, and, and giving with the right heart, the right attitude. So um, tonight, our church information. We're still. Uh, unfortunately, with the extended arms, I, I guess we're going to have to probably just get a whole another phone line and all that stuff so we can get that uh, back up and running. But our church cash app, uh, I want everyone that can, if you could send maybe a $5 offering on the night, uh, a $2 offering, uh, something. I'm, I'm saying it, so I'm going to make sure I do it um, when we hang up. Just send something on Tonight, I would love to be able to start getting a report from our finance committee that uh, our Tuesday night offerings are coming in. Of course, we know it's, it's, it's difficult to kind of measure um, what's coming and who's giving when we're when we're like this. But it's a good opportunity since our teacher on tonight is talking about giving. Um, you know, let's 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 put into practice. Let's put into practice what we learn. So we don't want to just be hearers of the word, but let's be doers. And I said a $2 offering, a dollar offering, a $5 offering, a $10, uh, whatever you can give. Okay, And you know what you can give. You know what you can give. So we we just asking everyone, those on the panel, those that are listening uh, tonight, uh, this is our Tuesday night service. This this has been our Tuesday night service for probably about three years or so now. And uh, like I said, I don't know what really comes in uh, to the church on Tuesday nights, but I would like for us to start, uh, really start considering that 
even though we are on the on the radio and on the phones and things, but we are yet in service. So I, I just ask you tonight to give according to however the Lord has blessed you, however he, whatever God places in your heart. Give our church cash app is dollar sign PTC eight seven seven. Once again, our church cash app is dollar sign PTC eight seven seven. And I would love that the finance committee could say, yeah, Bishop, you are not the only one that, that gave on Tuesday. Uh, we had several of the members and friends that was on Bible study to give an offering, a Tuesday night Bible study offering. So don't y'all let me do it by myself. Help us out. God bless. All right, the remainder of the service is back into the hands of Sister Talia Bugs. God bless. Thank you very much. So I want us to look back here at Second Corinthians 9, 8. In the King James Version, it said, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And if you are like me and sometimes you get caught up in all the yees and yays of the King James Version, um, I want to read it to you again in the New Living Translation Version or the New International Version. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Um, and... What we really are hearing here is the word all, all that you need, all things. It's this word all that we have to catch on to because God blesses us materially and spiritually that we have an abundance for every single good work. And we are blessed, and this is where it gets real good, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others God wants us to be channels of blessing, not reservoirs of blessing. Um, when we hear channels of blessings and not reservoirs, we hear that there's a difference in our minds, those of us that have some slight geography understanding, some slight understanding of how these bodies of water work. A channel is always flowing. It's always directing. It's always going this way and that way. It's moving. But a reservoir is something that's stiff and still and stagnant, and it, it doesn't start to overflow until things are being poured up into it, and it has to build up over time. But a channel is just always flowing, whether high, whether low. It is always giving something. It is always supplying water to something and so God wants us to be channels of blessings and not reservoirs of blessings. And this part of the scripture doesn't say some good works sometimes. It is very intentional. Every single good and perfect thing the Lord calls you to, he will supply every single need that you have so that you can go forth and do his will. And not only that, but you will have an abundance. And in our Christian culture, we hear abundance and, you know, we get excited because that means, yes, abundance more. And we start to think materially, money, prosperity, and we want that abundance and we want that increase, but we don't necessarily think about pouring it out. We want to hold on to it for ourselves. 
And like I said earlier, when I was myself praying for prosperity and abundance, I was thinking selfishly of how God, how I can use this to make my life better. And he really had to tear the walls down and show me, no, if I'm going to give it to you, it's meant for you to bless somebody else. If I'm giving you more, you take what's been proportioned for you and know your portion control, what I have said is the right serving size for you and what's left over, you're meant to use that to take care of somebody else. And I have to remember that I'm already taken care of. And even when I feel like, Lord, I don't know, how do you expect me to give this person money um, when you know I'm in the negative? But some reason, some way, somehow, I've always had enough. And, and I say this, and I've literally given money to homeless people knowing good and well that I had several overdraft fees and bills that did not clear that very day. But when this happened, there was, and there was a calm because I said, Lord, you would not have brought this person to me if you didn't want me to give to them. Out of all of these people that are in the parking lot right now, out of all of these people that they could have went to, out of all the places I could have parked, this didn't just happen by happen chance. You brought this person to me. And so if that's what you wanted, then that's what I'll do. And I went in and I did what I needed to do, and I could have just done something small, but I felt the Lord telling me, no, give more. That's not enough. Grab that. Go ahead and get them something to eat and get them this and get them that so that way they can have it. And when I handed it over to the man, I said, you know, may the Lord bless you and be with you. You know, I hope that this helps you. And the way that I felt afterwards was just, the, okay, now I didn't gave them my literal last guy. And I know that payday is coming. I know that you will supply every single need. So I'm not going to worry and try to stress myself out and give myself a heart attack trying to figure out where this money is going to come from because I know, God, that you're going to supply every single need. So sometimes we give when we don't have enough, but sometimes we already have the enough and we're giving freely. But what really matters is that we're giving freely, whether we have it now or we have it later. God just wants us to give what he has put in our hearts to give. And I might not know where it is right now. I just know that it's coming, and I know that I can help somebody else because mine is coming, and I don't have to live selfishly or in a lack mindset and thinking, oh, well, God, well, I can't get right now because I don't have it. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be financially reckless. We're called to be financial stewards and good ones of our money, but you cannot be selfish and withhold what the Lord has instructed you. Now, if God has told you to give and he's instructing you to do so, do so. But if you're doing it out of your own strength and your own might, then, you know, then you run into issues. Then you run into problems. So what I'm talking about is something different. Is when the Lord calls you to do it, you have to trust that I might not see it right now, but I know, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm ready. Let me be a channel and let me pour it out. I don't want to be a reservoir holding on to it. I want to flow freely, and we have to be careful not to steal the next man's portion 
and blessing from our own portion. And saying that there's an abundance, we have everything that our neighbor needs. And if we're going to be good neighbors, then we have to know that we have enough to supply their needs, to lend a hand. We have enough time to spend time on their projects. We have enough time to help them out in their houses, on their jobs, and their businesses, help their children, help their family members. We have enough time to help them move. We have enough time to sit and talk with them. We have enough time to invite them over and have dinner. We have enough time to help them cover a bill. We have enough time to help them buy their groceries or share groceries. We have enough time to share resources and customers. Those of us that are business owners, we have enough time to help our neighbors. Well, this is what I do with my business, and this is how it can help you with your business. And these are some people that maybe you might want to connect with. When we stop living selfishly and we start to become channels, we see that there's so many different ways in which we can pour out into people. And there's so many different ways in which the Lord can use us and that's how a channel moves and it works. It twists and it bends and it takes shape here and it changes shape there. We adapt in how we give to our neighbor. So it might not always be financial. It might be spiritual. It might be time. It might be gifts. It might be talents. But whatever it is that the Lord is calling us to pour out, we need to do that. And when we're talking about pouring out, we have to stop and ask what's pouring into us. What are we filling ourselves up with? And when it's time for the blessings to flow out of us, whether we're a channel or a reservoir, when we think about water, is it bitter? What's coming out of us? Is it coming from a bitter, broken place? Is this blessing tainted because of the container? Is it stagnant? Is it filled with death? And has it been contaminated by our flesh and our selfish ways like water can be contaminated if it sits for too long? Do do we have negative mindsets about our giving? Do we have sinful, fleshly mindsets about our giving? Um, not every good work is money or time. Sometimes it's just spiritual and speaking life into someone. So if we don't have the time to be poured into by God, then what's coming out of us might not be healing. What's coming out of us might not be a blessing, but instead poison if we're not careful about what's pouring into us. So I'm going to stop for the panel before I get too excited. Amen. That's good. Can can y'all hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Okay, because I was trying to say something earlier, so I was talking to myself. But um, this is an amazing lesson. It's like a... Um, branch off from what, um, like you were saying, um, Sister Bugs with uh, my husband with the series he's been doing. And um, I think I experienced this yesterday. I think this was yesterday when I called my husband. I had just um, got a few minutes to take a break before I I had to go in for my afternoon route. And I was, you know, I was upset because I had booked this vacation home and I was telling my husband, I'm like, this never happens. Like, why Why this and why that? Why, 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 why? So I'm sitting here, um, sitting in my bus, and this guy, the same guy when I was walking out of Quick Trip, he asked, he walked past me, and I was, I spoke. I said, hey, how you doing? Not knowing that he was homeless, not knowing what I was going to experience five minutes after. So when I said, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, 
ma'am, do you do you have a dollar? And I was like, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I, I literally had just got a, this blessing um, on Sunday, um, you know, one of those sanctified handshakes. And um, and I was like, Lord, you know, this, this is my gas money for the week, and I got to do this. And when I get on the bus, you know, Papa, he wants this. And, you know, Pamela, she plays football, so I got to get her this so she won't be starving. And I'm sitting there upset talking to my husband about something that, you know, that I was just like, I cannot believe this happened. Now we have to, I have to figure out what I need to do. And all the while, and sometimes, and sometimes I'm going to say this before I say what I'm about to say, this series is meant because these things that we notice now are things that has been in plain sight the whole time, but we have never really taken the time out. Some of us have never really taken the time out to stop doing what you're doing. Slow down, just like the Good Samaritan. Okay, I'm going to stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to take time out so I can see what's going on. So as I'm sitting there, I see this man. I have never saw this. I've seen it on movies, but to experience, he was going to every trash can, every trash can at Quick Trip, and he found a to-go box. He looked up on the trash can by the, uh, by the air pump, and he dug that He dug that. Um, that to go box out of there, and he was eating whatever it was in there. And I'm saying, I'm talking to my husband, but I'm watching this man, and the Lord pricked my heart. And the first thing I thought about, I said, man, I should have got one of those bags from <laughs> one of those care, those care package bags. Um, but once I got the phone, my husband, he had made his way back over to the same trash cans. He was looking for something again. So I said, you know what? I'm over here complaining and upset about something that I, I can I can eventually fix, but this man is in worse shape. So remember, there's always someone in worse shape than you. Don't complain about those those things that oh God, I just can't I can't because there's someone out there that don't have a job that don't have income and that's depending on somebody else's trash. That's depending on somebody else's garbage. But here we are with money in our pocket. And we're like, no, nope, I, I got these bills to pay. But I got off of that bus, and I was like, hey, brother, hey, how you doing? Can I, can I um, buy you something? You want some pizza, hot dog, chips, something out of Quick Trip? And he said, oh man, yes, yes. I don't mean to be a bother. I said, no, 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 no. I said, this is this. It's my pleasure. I'm grateful. And I went in there, and he got he got every, he picked out a whole bunch of stuff. But when you're doing something, don't do it for your glory. Like, oh, Lord, I hope you only get $10 worth because I only have this. No, he got more than that. So I had to wind up wiping my car, too. I, was, I used all the cash that I had. And then I, I didn't think twice about it. I said, no, uh-uh, help someone that's in need. And after I did it, it wasn't me boasting and glorious in myself with the bug. I was just so... I mean, the glory went to God because I was in a position, even though I needed, that was, I gave this man out of my need, and I'm not, if God, if he blesses me, good, but it's for the glory of God. So I just wanted to share it. I'm sorry it took me so long, but just be mindful. Don't think that everybody is trying to get a dollar, two dollars, three dollars here to get drugs or do these, you know, these crazy things. If, if that's the fact, 
do what I did, take them in the store, take them in the restaurant. Even my husband has done that. Okay, come on, man, you want something to eat? Okay, he has given that testimony, but it just made me, it made me feel good. I will maybe get them extra snacks, amen, that those, those extra drinks and sweet teas this week, but I was able <laughs> to help somebody else along the way. Amen. Amen. Um, Sister Bugs, um, yeah, I'm glad my wife said that because she, she didn't tell y'all what she was, what she was upset about. Uh, and it's just, just real quick. Um, she was having an issue with us doing, well, I think she did say our vacation home. And, um, so here we are just, just kind of, cause I didn't know all this till she just said it, but you know, I'm trying to talk to her about the vacation home. The baby, don't let that stress you out. Just fine. Go on and switch back to the one that's available. And, you know, just to put it in perspective, we, we're talking about a vacation home, but then there's someone right in her area. God set her up, you know, right there, passing by. There's someone didn't in a garbage can looking for food. We're, we're discussing our, a vacation home. <laughs> for four days in 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 Orlando, where we're going to spend hundreds of dollars, and it can kind of pick where we want to go, and here's a person uh, in the trash can. So just just kind of, I thought about I didn't know all that at the time, but you know just kind of put on, you know a lot of times we we what we're going through really, you know, in in the grand scheme of things. It really is probably not as bad as we think it is. So, thank you, Sister Bugs. Yes, thank y'all. I had to put myself on mute. I didn't shout because um, yes, um, and yes, and yes, and and y'all are touching on things that if we don't have time to tonight, then we'll have to come back to that are in this chapter um, that are so good. So very, very good. Um, and so I just want us to, you know, be hearers and doers of tonight. Um, I'm going to try to get us to a stopping point, but just from what I have heard, it is so good. Um, and I just, I'm excited. Can't wait. Um, and so in Second Corinthians 9, which I must say we're just, getting to uh, 9-8. We haven't even left the first two verses yet. It says, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. And again, if the yees and yeas get you caught up, you get confused, you don't know which one is ye, yay, or thou. In the NIV, it says, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Um, and his righteousness is our righteousness. There's nothing that we can do to be righteous enough to compare to God. Um, and Paul here is trying to say that generous giving makes us righteous, um, but it also gives evidence that we have a right standing with God, that God looks at us and he says, yes, that is my child. And I think of the Marvin Sapp song, He Saw the Best in Me, which I think is that song. Um, and the lyrics are, 
he is mine and I am his. It doesn't matter what I did. Um, and that song just came to me because if he is mine and I am his, then his righteousness is within me. And if I'm his and I'm made in his image and his likeness, then I should resemble my father. And somebody should look at me and say, is that your daddy? You sure do look like him. And some of us are living like we don't know who our father is. As believers in the body, um, I want to make sure that we know that that's the capital F father um, because some of us don't know who our lowercase one is either. And I can say that because I'm one of those people, I don't know who my earthly father is. And I'm learning more and more that it doesn't matter because my heavenly father I know who he is. I'm getting to know him, and he never fails, and he always wins, and he's always there whenever I need him. And if I'm going to look like my heavenly father, then I also have to do his will, and I also have to be at the points and places where he's called me, and I have to go and do what he's told me to do. And I just want to share again how good of a father he is. This month is so stressful for me. Um, I will not be able to breathe again probably until April. Um, Ever since Emerson joined our family, we are having a first birthday party this week. I got a baby shower this week. It's the end of the semester. Finals. Students who've been failing since August which is the start of school, have now suddenly realized their failings, and all the parents are calling me, this week is just stressful. And I have just been asking God, what am I going to say to your people? Like, you are not saying anything to me right now. This is kind of cutting it close, Lord. It's Sunday, and I don't know what you want me to say. And thinking about like a good neighbor and just giving, and Pastor Omar, I think it's really funny that when we first came, you said, you know, you never preach about giving, you never talk about giving, and now that I've been here, I'm hearing more and more about giving because there's clearly something that the Lord needs us to hear and see about giving, and so much so that 49 weeks ago when I sat down with this verse, with this chapter, The Lord told me already that this was for Praise Tabernacle. He provided almost a year ago a message for today, and that blows my mind because we weren't even part of the church yet, but yet he knew. He knew exactly what I needed, and this took so much stress off of me. And now even going back over what I had originally written and experiencing all of the testing and the trying of giving selfishly and being cheerful when I give. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this message and this word. I'm just like, okay, Lord, I see where you started me, and I see where I am now. And I see the lessons that you had to show me, and I've seen the places in my heart where you literally had to carve it out and massage it out of there where I could be cheerful, where I can be selfless, where I can give Freely, and it's just the fact that he knew 49 weeks ago that I would need this message today is just a testament to the fact that he is a good father, that he is righteous, he's holy, he's perfect, and he knows exactly what his people need. And I am so grateful for his faithfulness, and I'm so grateful for his goodness because he will never leave us nor forsake us. 
nor leave us begging bread. And if that's true, then that means that some of us have the bread that our neighbor needs. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what does it cost to give? What does it cost us? And Pastor Omar, you covered it on Sunday. What does it cost to for the Samaritan to give to this person who culturally looks down upon them and views them as less. And we live in a culture that is so divided, that is so us versus them, that is so you versus me, that we wouldn't even help someone that looks the same as us, different than us, doesn't even matter. And what it really costs us to give today, it costs us our obedience to his will. We have to put to death the things that would stop us from being a blessing to someone else. And we have to sacrifice our own plans. First Lady, you talked about this. You're stressing about the vacation home and what are we going to do here, what are we going to do there, and the, the plans that you automatically came up with with this money. You said, I'm going to do this, and they're going to pay for this and that. And we have to sacrifice our own plans and desire to seek his kingdom first. And then all of these things will be added unto you. If we do what God asked us to do first, everything else will be taken care of. If we do what God to do, then the rest of his will will follow. And that's to prosper us. That is to uphold us in his right hand. If we do what it is that he's asking us to do and give how he's asking us to give, then we don't have to worry about anything else. And when we do all of this, it leads us to a point of worship. It leads us to recognizing who he is. It leads us to seeing that God is a masterful teacher. He has given so freely, and because of his example, then we can follow as his children and give to our brothers and sisters, our believers, even even those who are not Christians, giving to all because he gave to us so freely. And when we give, and we are showing that we are in our Father's image. We are who he called us to be because of who he is. And we begin to worship the creator of this universe and our Heavenly Father, and we don't worship the creation, the created thing. We don't worship money. We don't worship material things. We don't worship position or status because those things are created and they don't give us any satisfaction. We're not content with them. What we want is the creator. I want to worship the one who thought of this idea. I want to worship the one who created this thing. I want to worship the one who this came from, and that's God. And so I just pray that on tonight um, this message has just started to open your eyes into ways and areas and where you can give more with your money, your time, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your spiritual blessings and gifts and talents, whatever it is that the Lord has given you, I just pray and ask that he opens up opportunities immediately for you to give, whether it's in your own household, whether it's on the job, whether it's to random strangers, whether it's to yourself, whatever it is that the Lord can do for you to help you to give more cheerfully, I just pray that as this word says that it abounds that it goes beyond what you can think or imagine and that your heart begins to be transformed to give more freely and that it doesn't stop and that you be a channel and not a reservoir to try to hold on to these blessings, 
but that you use them to be a blessing. Um, I don't want to say any more because I'm not done, and I don't want to leave you with too much of a cliffhanger. Um, so I'm going to end this here, Bishop, and turn the service back into your hands. All right. All right. <laughs> That's right. That's the way you do it. When you know, you know, the, your time is running up. We ain't in no hurry. You know, you got part two. You uh, walk on through it. Amen. Thank you, uh, Sister Buzz. That was that was awesome. It really was. That was awesome. And I thought about, uh, I was trying to find that scripture before you dismissed before you close. I think it was Romans one and uh I think I think it said verse twenty five. Um trying to find that real quick. It says they changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And that's that's Romans the first chapter um you know, that first chapter talked about so much, but they worship. That's what you was just saying. They they worship the creature more than the creator. Uh, the, the creature or uh, man or even uh, material. And we know the scripture does, you know, talks about what does it profit us to gain the world and lose our soul. So um, the great teaching on tonight, and it's funny because it's funny you said that when when I talk about money, especially in the church, uh, the the church as a whole um, has mismanaged, and I would like to say, tricked and manipulated people for so many years to the point it it have people scared when they don't have it. I mean, they would love to give it if they had it, but, I mean, a lot of pastors and churches have made people fearful and and scared and, you know, thinking God is going to curse them and God's going to, you know, don't send them to hell because they can't get in the $100 line. They can't get in the $50 line. They can't get in the $5 line. They they barely keeping their heads above water. And so many of us down through the years have been in ministries and been in churches where, you know, it wasn't that you didn't want to give it. You just didn't have it. You just didn't have it to give. And the preacher or whoever was raising, I mean, you know, dog made you feel terrible, not bad because you couldn't give uh, what you desired, but, made you feel bad. Shoot, I should have just, if I was going to feel this bad, I should have just stayed at home. So I'm very, very keen and and conscious of that, and I never wanted to and never have uh, been that uh, pastor. Um, I I was raised up in a church that, I mean, if you didn't tithe and call it tithe, then you was, hey, you was cursed with a curse. God was going, it was going to be holes in your pocket. Your house was going to fall. Your motor was going to fall out your your, your car. Uh, your, your, the stroller that your baby was riding in, it was your stroller was going to catch a flat tire. And, and, I mean, you know, just everything you had was if you didn't tithe. And 
when I found out and read for myself the principle of giving, basically uh, this scripture that you brought out tonight, uh, giving cheerfully, and the Lord loves a cheerful giver, and Paul told them to set whatever you're going to give, set it to the side for the week. And, and I never read in the New Testament, never read in the New Testament church, uh, uh, regarding the New Testament church, where they were told to tithe. And when Jesus even mentioned tithe in the gospel, he wasn't talking to the Gentiles. He was talking to, to, to Israel. And he was telling them, and even then when he mentioned it, he never said it was money. He never said it was money. He said cumin and uh, 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 different things like that. You know, I wish I had time to peel it up, but he never said that. And Paul never, Paul never told the Gentile church or, or even the, the, the Jewish church at that in the beginning of the church, they what they did was when the church was established, Lord, Sister Buzz, you done started something. And I, Lord, I got to close it. But when the church was established, they took it upon themselves to sell their house, their land, and different things, and they brought it to the apostles' feet so that distribution can be made for the saints, for the for the for the church, and. They did it on their own free will. Okay, there was never there was well y'all need to bring a tent. No, that was never established. That was that you can't show me that. You can go to Malachi and you can talk about the Jews, but you can't bring me in the Old Testament and bring it where it was to the church. Okay, so they have manipulated and they tricked folk down through the years. And my thing is, well, if that's – and if Jesus said you're going to have the poor with you always, and if your argument is, well, the reason why you ain't got nothing is because you won't give a tick, then somebody – and we know Jesus ain't wrong, and we know the word ain't wrong, but somebody's wrong. And we know the Bible is right, but somebody's wrong. And I didn't get a new house. I didn't get a new car until I started just giving out of my heart. I've been doing a tithe because that's what I was told to do when I was young. And I was giving the tithe, and my cars was breaking down then. I didn't have a house. I had an apartment. Couldn't, you know, but when I started just giving cheerfully, whatever the church needed, whatever I could do my part to give cheerfully to help, when I started doing that, shoot, that's when the house came. That's when the cars came. Now I got too many cars sitting in, and I still ain't gave a tithe. I got too many cars sitting in in my driveway now. We got to figure out how we park every night. Okay, I got I got more than enough rooms in this house. Me and my wife, we got more than enough rooms. Okay, but it came back to us giving cheerfully and understanding. The Lord loves a cheerful, not a careful. Okay, not a careful. And in our church, we still have people that time. I'm just not going to beat them up on it. I'm not going to do it. If that's what you do, then fine. But don't feel like the Lord is sitting there watching and getting ready to strike you down because this week, like what we've started doing is pledges the last Sunday in the month because there's a need for the church. There's a need for the church. We want to be in position when the time come around that if, if a building opens itself where we could do more ministry, 
Okay, because right now we can only do hands-on once a week. Okay, but we want to be in position when the time comes back around where we can be able to, if, if a building opens up uh, somewhere for us to rent or even buy, then we're in better position. Okay, so thank you, uh, Sister Buzz. Oh, you know, I can I can keep going, but I'm a, I'm a I'm a spirit feel me spirit control. I'm a hold my mute. Anyone else on the panel have any final words on tonight before I give the benediction? Anyone else on the panel? Pastor, I just like to say um, it was definitely um, a good word on tonight, especially um, Sister Buzz, um, a first time and <clears throat> brought out a whole lot of different scenarios that we have to be on the same page about, like we said, especially when it comes down to um, giving and especially for um, those that are less fortunate, realizing uh, where we are in, in our lives. You know, like like we said earlier, um, it may not be as bad. And <clears throat> even if we don't have um, anything uh, materialistic per se, we, we always got God. So <clears throat> that's the main thing that I want to say on tonight is that, you know, Make sure that we remember that we, you know, we always got the Lord. He's always got our back. And, you know, just everyone be encouraged, regardless of what it looked like, what it feel like, regardless of if you're knee-deep in a situation and you feel like there's no way out. You know, the only way out is through the Lord. only way out is up. You know, sometimes, you know, you might feel like I'm still sinking. But regardless, you know, God is going to be there. And we just thank God for uh or this Bible study in the courage and words on tonight. That's all I got. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Brother Preacher. God bless you. Anyone else on the panel tonight? I'll I'll say something. Um, great word. Um, Sister Buzz, you did such a great job. I'm so proud of you. And it was so on time. Um, when you first started talking, I was like, Oh, my Lord, I couldn't wait to tell how happy I was that you brought it on out tonight. Like I said, it's like a continuation. Um, even though uh, our scriptures was a little off because I read something different, but you did wonderful. You did wonderful, Mr. Bush. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and you, you stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Now I have to go back and read the scriptures that you gave on tonight. And um, also, I want to uh, say happy birthday to Sister Her birthday is tomorrow. We love you, and I pray you have many, many more. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lady Zachary. Anyone else on the panel? I think the birthday, the soon-to-be birthday girl, she was on Talking Junk earlier. Oh, she, I don't know if she's still on here. Hey, man, thank you, Sister First Lady. Yes, I'm on here and not talking a lot of junk. Great job tonight, <laughs> Sister Bugs. Um, very hard, very intimidating to get on. And, you know, preach God's words to anybody, people. No better to platform, no matter how big or how small. So great job for being a willing vessel and doing what God told you to do. And we look forward to hearing from you next time. Thank you all. All right. All right. Great job, team. Great job to our leader on tonight, um, Sister Bugs. 
awesome, awesome job. And we thank God for having you and your husband part of our team, a part of our leadership team, and we're praying for all of y'all, the, the tribe of bugs. We appreciate appreciate all of y'all. All right, all right. That's right. Let's wish Sister Tobert a uh, happy birthday. She's been calling me old man for the last, uh, since I, my birthday was last week. So uh, her birthday is coming up, and she, she's definitely getting older. I've been knowing her since she was a, well, almost, I guess almost all of her life, knowing her family all before she was born. So thank God for her and her and her husband. I've seen them from teenagers to the point that they are now with a beautiful family, very faithful uh, family. And as a pastor, I'm I'm excited about uh, especially um, the Bugs family and the Tobert family, these ones that are um, helping us out in major ways, especially in, in ministry and in ministering. So we appreciate y'all. Uh, we're going to say a last word of prayer. Listen, y'all meet us Sunday morning. The men, Minister Tobert is heading up the men's Sunday. Coming up this Sunday, Minister Tobert and the men of the church, Praise Tabernacle, we're going to be singing and preaching and testifying and uh, I mean, we we gonna we come ready. We we gonna be ready. We gonna be ready this Sunday. Minister Tobert is gonna be the keynote speaker. So we looking. It's been it's been a while since we've heard from him uh, on a Sunday morning, but we know he he walks heavy with the word. So he's gonna be uh, closing us out this Sunday. Where I think he's gonna be presiding in everything Sunday. So y'all come on out, meet us. At um, I think it's 275 Simonton Road in Lawrenceville, Georgia. If it ain't 275, it's somewhere close to it. Simonton Elementary, uh, by way of Praise Tabernacle. We're in the cafeteria and we are turning it out. We are turning it out. So y'all come on, meet us there Sunday morning at nine o'clock, and bring your husband, husband, bring your wives, bring your sons, bring your daughters. We would love to see you. Sunday morning. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you as we leave this place, but never your presence. We thank you for the favor that's been shown on our lives. We thank you for the grace and mercy that's been given unto us. We thank you for this word on tonight. We know that it won't return to your void, and we just appreciate all that you're doing. We thank you for the growth, and not even necessarily numerical at our church, but just spiritual. We thank you for the spiritual growth that we have seen in, in our churches filled with uh, young families. And, God, we just thank you. We thank you for these young families, these young husbands and wives and children that you have allowed us to work with and help mentor and, and help be examples and to and for. And we just appreciate you for these People, they could go wherever they wanted, but we're thanking you for sending them to Praise Tabernacle and allowing us to work with them. And we just thank you and we appreciate you. As we leave this place, but never your presence, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever 
I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. God bless you, and you have a good night.